right, everybody. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here. And of course, I'm joined as always with my co-hosts, Darian Smith and Jimmy Marion. And guys, it's game week, a rivalry game week as the Memphis Tigers travel down to Protective Stadium Stadium to take on our UAB Blazers. The battle for the bones is back this Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff, an early kickoff. But if you can't make it down, it will be televised nationally on ESPN2. And if you are making the trip down to Protective Stadium Saturday, make sure that you wear black because I, I think they're doing a blackout for this game. But, guys, it's it's awesome to have this rivalry back. You know, I feel like, you know, UAB and Memphis have always been, you know, true rivals. And it's just good to have this game back. I think it's the best trophy in all of sports, the rack of ribs. Um, but guys, it's exciting times. Darian, can you shed, you know, before we get into actually previewing this game, um, can you talk a little bit about your experience playing against Memphis and what that was like? Yeah, um, I'm going to share it in just a minute. Just give me a second. Um, toss it over to Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Well, how excited are you to have this rivalry back? Hey, I'm excited. I was going to ask you, John, we haven't UAB, I should say, has not fared very well when you have been at the beach. So my question <laughs> for you is I know you'll be coming back from the beach on Saturday. So does that technically count as you're at the beach? What What's the ruling Dude. on that? Well, yeah, I don't know. I think it doesn't <laughs> since we're coming back. But my thing, Jimmy, is I don't know if I need to wear the ha- the lucky hat again because obviously it didn't bring us luck uh, against UTSA. <laughs> so I don't know if I should just burn it or what. <laughs> hey, and it's hard for me to blame Hampton. He was a little cranky that day, but I mean, he was he's a week old. So how about this? We'll keep the Hampton lucky Hampton and the lucky hat alive for home games only until proven there otherwise. You, there you go. I, yeah, I, like I think, I think we're going to need both uh, <laughs> as we coming up. But yeah, we're going to have to put the hat on Hampton at this point. Uh, <laughs> it's time to combine those <laughs> power Rangers over here. But um, yeah, as, as for me, the battle of the bones, um, I would like to make it known that <clears throat> never lost to Memphis. So that's that. Um, what did it mean for me? I love rivalry games, man. I feel like if you can't, you should, as a player, you should want to get up for each and every game. But for a rivalry game that you know your fans really want, it should give you extra juice, especially at home. Um, you should have that extra oomph. I, I, you do feel something as a player. I'm not going to act. Do you know, like, you know, when you're playing, just outside playing, but you know who your rival is, whatever, that they could be freaking pickleball or it could be dodgeball. You know who your rival is, and you're going to give it your all to beat that one person. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, I used to feel that about Memphis. I used to feel it about Southern Miss. And uh, we never lost to those teams. Even though we had losing records when I was here, we never lost to them, and I'm proud of that. So, uh I think our guys should feel the the urgency here. Definitely. Thank you for sharing that, Darren. And, I mean, you know they always say rivalries, throw the records away. You know, I know Memphis is coming in 4-2 and two and UAB's, you know, coming in 2-5. and five, But, yeah, I just can't wait to see these two teams on, on the gridiron. It's been a long time. I feel like they hadn't met since, like, 2012. So, I mean, it's been, what, 11 years? So, um, and I know – you know, the UAB Memphis basketball rivalry, too. 
Um, but yeah, it's good to see this uh, team or see this game back on the schedule. Um, I'm curious to know what Memphis fans think. Um, I know that we uh, interact with a lot of their basketball fans on Twitter. Um, so, but but I want to know what the Memphis diehard football fans feel about this robbery with UAB. Um, do they consider it a true robbery? I mean, Darren, you just said the players, you know, but you, you guys would, you know, feel it on the field during the game from the from Memphis from the players. So, yeah, I have a feeling that you know they have ascended and passed us. Like when we were playing, we was kind of on the same level. Um, as programs, you know, they have a historic basketball program, but overall our programs are kind of on the same level. Well, they have taken a, another step over us. Let's be real about it. You know, I know they want to, they're looking out for, uh, they want to go to P5 status, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so I, they probably feel like we are like a, a little cousin to them. I, I'd assume, um, so they have had more success than we have, um, but I think that we're going to go into this game. I think we have something to prove. I was just able to kind of watch the first half. I still got to finish the second half of the UTSA game. And we, throughout all the schematic stuff, we were really getting out physical in that game. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be a point A point of emphasis is, like, these guys just wanted it more. They felt this, the urgency more. They had more juice in a lot of instances in they were really not grill and you know, we can get into like run fit safety run fits and stuff stuff i've been moaning and complaining about all year but you know for the for the most part when it was time to like just man up mano y mano um our guys were getting pushed back and when you as a player when your coach showed that on the film and and you have a rivalry game at home I expect guys to come firing off the ball, talking noise. I need I need guys to be really physical here, and uh, maybe uh, we'll have a chance to take this one. I really do think we'll have a chance, but after that embarrassment of guys, just our tight ends got really whooped. This is our first time our tight ends really got whooped against UTSA. Um, it was bad. Like their ends really pinch pinch the yeah. hole down. So I really I really want to see us get off the ball and make a statement and we should have the juice for this game yeah i'm glad you brought that up darren i mean obviously you know i'm at the beach so i haven't been able to rewatch the film but i remember thinking that like our tight ends are kind of non-existent this game and i mean you look at the box score too like pretty much non-existent um but Hey, big hey! It's a robbery game. Chance to bounce back uh, again. Eleven o'clock this Saturday on ESPN two. Um, Vegas opened the line at Memphis as a three point favorite, and like it has been all year, you know Memphis has become a five and a half point favorite, creeping six um, as we were recording this um, episode. But let's let's kind of just take it like we always do. Let's look at that offense for Memphis. And, I mean, they've got an experienced quarterback. You know, I know he's young, but he's played, you know, all this year and some last year. Seth Hennigan comes into this ball game, already thrown it for 1,600 yards, 13 touchdowns, but seven interceptions. So, hey, maybe <laughs> maybe our secondary uh, can still some, uh, get some interceptions uh, this Saturday. Um, but... Jimmy, what what do you think about that quarterback that UAB is going to face this Saturday and Seth Hennigan? Well, I think uh, to your point, he's experienced. 
he's obviously talented. Uh, they're going to spread the ball around. So I'm certainly um, going to be looking for that matchup between Zeno and Hennigan to see who could potentially have a bigger day. But, you know, I would certainly consider Hennigan. He's going to be a challenge uh, for us defensively. Definitely. And, and Darren, you know, when you kind of watch the film, um, what would you kind of describe Seth Hennigan as? Is he just like a I mean, he's not really a dual threat. I mean, is he just a pocket passer? Um, when you kind of when you watch that two lane game specifically last week, um, I saw earlier this year. I was just looking up stats. I haven't. I saw. I'm seeing Memphis live some, and I saw a little. I saw a couple of highlights. I wasn't able to like really sit down and digest the film like I would how I would want to. But I, I did see earlier in the year he did have uh, like 69 to 70 yards rushing in, the, in yeah. one game. So I guess he possessed that ability. But um. Yeah, he has three rushing he, touchdowns too, so I, I kind of want to backtrack. <laughs> yeah, but he he still doesn't come off as a dual threat. No, I was no. I, I would say Zeno is more of a dual threat than Hennigan is. Um, I think he he's like one of those guys that'll run it if if he has to. Um, he's he's like a a pro style kind of quarterback. Like, um, it's kind of hard to explain. He 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 doesn't really do anything to really wow you, but he does make some good. He has some accurate throws in certain moments um, against Tulane. It was kind of up and down, but Tulane has a really good defense. Yeah, you know, like it's you know Tulane's front is amazing, and you know their back end is pretty solid as well. Um, I he he did make some throws and he has some weapons in in um in Blankham C and Taylor. Those are going to be his main weapons. But he has a running back out the backfield in Watson. That he will throw it to as well. He's a kind of he's a dual threat. He he's kind of like our school, right? He can mm-hmm. run and he he catch passes. And so definitely a guy we need to watch out for. I am worried about our secondary's um, ability to cover those receivers, like um, the way, especially how Cephas was kind of get us in one when he got us in one on one. He kind of was able to have his way. So hoping that you know Blankham see that we can blanket him and uh, we can find ways to bracket him in coverage and also just kind of neutralize those two weapons. Um, Their running game, their running game has been up and down. It's an up and down running game. So I'm not really sure to make, I'm not really sure what to make of that. Offensive line is solid. I would say this, I'm scared. I don't know if we'll be able to get pressure. And that's what I'm scared of. Like, it's not like their offensive line is awesome. But I mean, UTSA is one awesome, and they kept Frank Harris's jersey clean, which Frank Harris did get the ball out quick a lot. But um, I'm scared that we won't have enough pressure. I would say this: it's a rivalry game. The, the D linemen should be fired up, and and they need to play more physical. Only guy I felt like that really played physical that game was uh, Michael Fairbanks on the edge. I felt like he's really improved as the year went on. I need more from Little. I need more from Desmond Little. Like he didn't, he didn't have a good game at all. He just not, it's just not physical. You can look at the difference between the two teams um, on each side, and you can see who's being, who's, who is being physical, and who is kind of just trying to avoid blocks and get around. And the only guy that really seemed to be mixing it up was Fairbanks. Um, uh, hopefully, our guys really take the challenge, and uh, and we can get some pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, that, that's going to be the key. I mean, if you if you allow Hennigan to sit back there and have all day to throw, I mean, I don't care how good your secondary is. If you can't get pressure on the quarterback, 
he's going to find an open receiver at some point. And that's something that UAB didn't. And I know you said, you know, Frank Harris got the ball out quick. Um, but there are a lot of times, though, that he didn't get out quick. And he had, like, all day to throw. And, and that's kind of how Cephas, you know, beat UAB. Um, but but you also got to think about, too, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, the one time they got to the quarterback and got a sack, what does UTSA do? Nail a 53-yard field goal. So it's <laughs> like, oh, of course, of course. Um, but, but, Darren, what do you think they can do? Because it's obvious that they, you know, are kind of struggling up front. Um, do you just blitz? some to kind of put pressure on him again um because it's obvious that uab just sitting back in that base defense four three just you know letting teams pick them apart left and right sometimes that's not going to work like do you just say screw it just send some safety blitzes or you know linebacker blitz or what what do you think they need to do if the defensive line kind of struggles again this game i think you get creative with it one thing i did usf has had numbers put up on them left and right but i don't think it's not to the fault of todd orlando one thing i realized after watching usf they tried i can appreciate a defensive coordinator that tried everything that that touchdown to t-palm on the slant it was a zone blitz that they did when they kind of and it's so creative they dropped their end they dropped the end on one side and they sent the pressure on the other side so it was kind of like an overload pressure um, to one side, and it it almost got there, and we had to throw the ball quick, and actually the end was kind of right in that window. He just missed the ball, and since he missed it, it was a touchdown. You know, it was right there. I I like the I like him trying, like get creative, because that's I look at Memphis on defense, and they they will send pressure, and I'm scared about that. I'm like, oh god, like they're sending pressure. They got guys walked up, they're sending them, they're dropping them back, they're being creative. Um, with their with their with their blitzes, I think we probably in the first half I saw us blitz like once, and at one time we threw right into a screen. So I, I wonder if they kind of slowed us down on the blitzing because that was the one time you didn't want to blitz. Um, but yeah, man, I just um, I'm, I hope that we don't sit there and be vanilla because I don't I don't believe in our ability to get there with our four down linemen consistently against this offensive line i don't think that'll happen now if we send a guy here and there, we just just be creative with it and uh and i think we should send the pressure and just kind of force him force him to be there because the, you said if he, he if he if hennigan has time to sit back there he has good weapons i look i like their receivers if hennigan has time they're gonna they're gonna score and so we have to find creative ways to get to him and one of those receivers, guys, is you, you mentioned him earlier, Darian, is Rock Taylor, and he's from Oxford, Alabama. So I always like to kind of look to see, you know, is there some local flavor you would assume that he would, in addition to the Memphis contingency that will be uh, making the trip, you would think that he's going to have some support there as well. And, uh, you know, without looking it up, I do vaguely recall the previous UAB staff being involved in Rock Taylor's recruitment uh and possibly being one of his top schools before he inevitably signed with memphis and you look at a guy like him he didn't start off you know super hot to begin the year but he's had three straight 100 plus yard performances uh catching the ball so he's gonna be he's gonna be a really difficult cover at six foot three 215 pounds so um he's certainly for for blazer fans if you're looking for a guy to watch at receiver number three is going to be your guy for memphis so with you 
Jimmy, thanks for that because you you just named out his size, 6'3", 215. That kind of scares me too because um, I know Taiki uh, Ola Kellogg. I'm getting it. I'm, I'm thinking about the Kellogg. cereal. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's I'm Kellogg. The Kellogg. cereal. It is Kellogg, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but he gave us problems, and half the time he just turns into a power forward, boxed us out, and caught the ball. Like he didn't – it was just the back shoulder, and he just put our guy – on his hip and made sure they was there. He was strong enough. He did the little subtle push off and it was a catch. So we do have problems with that. Uh, but he's a little smaller than Taiki. So maybe, maybe that that won't be such a thing. But they also have Blankumsey. He compliments him so well. He's the guy that you get the ball and you get the ball to him in space and he will make you miss. Like he is no joke with the ball and he has a good burst. So if it's like if we're not in position or if we miss a tackle, he can split the safeties and he's gone. So they have those two receivers really, really complement each other really well. And then they have a dangerous back out the backfield as far as in uh, rushing and pass receiving threat. I feel like he can uh, he can make plays against our linebackers. So I do think. And it's like a pro style kind of offense. They do get in. Uh, they do multiple things. I do think how we create pressure. I'm not saying we got to sit in the house every time, or I'm just saying that we just don't need to be so vanilla in our looks. We got the 200 formations on offense. We need we need at least 50 of them on defense, you know, and we need to uh, find ways to confuse them. But I know we 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 little nicked up here and there. We dealing with a lot of injuries, John. Yeah, for sure. They're trying to get to the bye week, and from the press conference. Um... You know, Monday we, you know, Steve Irvine tweeted out uh, that Isaiah Jacobs um, is out for the remainder of the year with the ACL. Um, so that does kind of stink, and I hate it for Isaiah. Um, hope he's able to bounce back and um, come back next year um, better and get that healed up. Um, so definitely was significant news. You know, UAB is just kind of beat up. I mean, it's every team. You know, you play seven games and you play the gauntlet of a schedule that UAB has had through these seven games and the teams they have faced during these seven games. I mean, you are going to be nicked up and, um, you know, better than bruised. So UAB, just if they can just get one more week out of the guys and then rest up on the bye week, um, that 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 would be uh, critical for this UAB team. Um, and I, and that, I want the fans to, to remember that, like, we, we dealt with Zara Flournoy, who was going to be a starting right guard, down for the season. We had a budding uh, receiver in Iverson Hooks who was doing his thing, bam, down for the season. We saw what Jacobs could do, and he was doing his thing, bam, down for the season. We don't know what's going on with Moran. I'm just going to say down for the season because that seems to be the trend, Right. Boom, and then we um, and then on, and I'm just sticking with the offense right now. We have Badoski. Um, <clears throat> don't know what's happening with him. He hasn't been here for the last couple of days. Um, uh, uh, he's not down for the season. So, and then we had Eli Ritchie into the transfer portal. So, just to let you know, like we had a lot of and JC Sylvie. JC Sylvie was um, he's down for the season as well. One of our young button tight ends. We're dealing with a lot of injuries with a team that already had dip issues, and then you go over the defense. We was having dip issues at linebacker, and the guy that took the spot, Charlie Gould, bam, down for the season. And we've had – I haven't seen Tyreek Howard back out there. Kevin Penn returned, but I haven't seen Tyreek Howard back out on the defense. Um, I know different teams are dealing with injuries, but this was a young team that was uh, – 
we was had some dip issues and one thing we needed we really wanted was to stay healthy and we haven't been able to do that so just give the team some grace like let us figure it out but we're, we're getting there flame and Let's kind of flip it over for a few minutes real quick. I know um, we were already at 20 minutes plus, but let's talk about this uh, Memphis Tiger defense. They seem kind of, you know, really balanced um, is probably the best word to put it. Um, giving up, uh, what is it, 150 yards rushing per game. But, you know, Tulane was able to do that really well. Um, and especially wear down that Memphis Tiger team in the second half, as Tulane seems to <laughs> do this whole year. Um, passing yards allowed, they're, they're giving up about 219 um, through the air. So hopefully Zeno and the receivers can find some luck early on um, and get comfortable. Um, but like we talked about, you know, with the, with the defensive line putting pressure, that O-line, and I know we just said they're, you know, kind of banged up, but that O-line has to hold up for a few seconds. And, by God, I, I don't even know if we if we need to get into empty looks this week. You know, I mean, stick skull back there or BB um, and just have them there just in case, you know, somebody comes off the edge, um, which, you know, we talked about in the recap of the UTSA game. Trey Moore, um, AAC defensive player of the week, of course, um, was just able to get to the backfield almost at ease. Um, so that'll be something to watch for um, with this Memphis T- Tiger defense. But I want to talk about Chandler Martin, sophomore, six foot, 215 uh, pound uh, linebacker for Memphis. I mean, he's already got 33 solo tackles, a couple of uh, TFLs, um, a few TFLs um, this season. But uh, Jimmy, what do you see out of this Memphis Tiger defense uh, this week? Yeah, on the note about Martin, he's actually had nine or more tackles in three of the last four games. He had 11 against a good uh, Tulane team this past week. So he's certainly a player to call out number 11. Uh, defensively for Memphis, uh, they're only allowing opponents 23 points per game. That's best, or excuse me, that's uh, good enough for third in the American. Uh, they do give up a lot more yardage, though. Um, you know, they're ranked like sub 100 in yards per game. Where I see Memphis really jumping out on the screen to me is they're only allowing opponents uh, to convert on 28% of their third downs, um, you know, which is really good. So something that uh, Trent Dilfer had talked about, the presser this week, um, was just how many times you know, UAB was forced into third downs uh, against UTSA without looking up. I think it was 19 times, which was uh, probably a season high, at least up there. And, uh, you know, a a lot of those times, you know, UAB was forced into, they showed several graphics throughout the game where like the average third down in distance was like eight plus yards. Um, So it's going to be key for UAB to be successful in those early downs and not be forced in those third and longs because Memphis is just going to feast on those opportunities. Um, I do think this is a potentially bad matchup for UAB. uh, And I say that because, um, you know, they're pretty solid. They being Memphis defend the pass, you know, again, they're third in the American and defending the pass 218.8 passing yards per game for the opponent. And they're not as successful defending the run. And you think about that from the UAB perspective, like we're not very successful. We have not been statistically at running the ball and we like to throw it. So it's certainly something, uh, you know, to be on the lookout for. Yeah, but 
I would say this. I would take this matchup over UTSA's because they were at home. But and B, looking at them, I know that linebacker. He's a dude. They're solid all over. Like there's not really a weakness per se, but they don't have a dude up front neither. Like they don't. They don't have that guy that pops out on film, and that's that's what we really struggle with. If you're if you're a good player, like we can handle that. But when you have a dude up there, that's just kind of that's what's really been kicking our butt, and I don't see that on this team. So I'm encouraged by that. I think we should be able to hold up because they don't have that special player, and um, so I'm encouraged by that. Secondly, um, I know I know the statistics show that we want to throw the ball, but I think that we can run the ball. I think the running. So when I was looking back at the UTSA film. It probably seemed like we just couldn't run the ball because they they were more they were more physical. But a lot of times we were, we at least played them to a stalemate to where on the other side of the ball like they kind of pushed our defense around and they was able to just do it that way. And our safety run fits were horrible again. It was the opposite. So we kind of was able to make creases, but if you go back and look at those runs, they were physical enough to have our running back kind of have to figure it out at the line of scrimmage. And once he found the hole, the safety was right there. So a lot of times their safety was playing down. They seemed to really scout. They scouted us really well. I don't know if they caught on the formations or what. But so we, we had some daylight on some of those runs, but you would never know because they just really scouted really well. And I remember we was down 21 to 7 and we, we did those three straight runs. But uh, Jacob Zeno should have pulled the ball. He had Bryce Damis right there. You go back and look at the film. If he would have tossed it to Bryce Damis, T Palm had had the safe his man blocked. It would have been like a just beat one man touchdown kind of scenario, and we really missed. We did a handoff on third down that got stopped for nothing. Like I don't know what that read was like. Um, but anyway, I think that we'll have a chance because they don't have a guy. Just in short, and I think we'll be more physical, and I hope hopefully we can mix up play action, and if they are bringing those safeties down to run fit hopefully we can go over the top of them this time because they utsa did it a lot and they um, they guessed right a lot and on the flip side hopefully our safeties can have good run fits for one for one game they can have good one run fits and kind of aid us out and uh we'll just see what happens from there all right gentlemen well i guess it's time to get into predictions um score predictions and who wants to start us off Hey, before we jump into the score prediction, I have a trivia question. Ooh, trivia time. Let's hear it. Yes. So during the weekly press conference, UAB's weekly press conference, Trent Dilfer said that the Battle for the Bones trophy weighs 94 pounds. I did not know that. Uh, So my trivia question for you guys is, will Skull have over or under 94 yards rushing against Memphis? Can we do total yards? <laughs> yeah. oh, that yeah, would be a lot easier. Because yeah. <laughs> I think hey. he'll have over 94 total. Hey, if he gets over 94 rushing yards, I think UAB wins this game. Yeah, the 94 battle of the rushing bones, yards wait. would be good. Yeah, mm-hmm. He had 116 against South Florida, and uh, we've certainly seen Skull put up 100-plus yard performances. But to John's point, that would be a very positive sign if, if that trivia question, if the answer is yes. Does he have what you taking, John? Over or under in here? Oh, put me on the spot, man. Johnny on the spot. <laughs> uh, uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to say under. 
I'm gonna say he breaks a long one, so I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna Good. say he's gonna he's gonna break one from like hour thirty and for a score, like something that we need. And if yes. we do that, like I think we, I think that's how he gets to over the ninety four. But that's gonna that's gonna be tough. I'll feel way more comfortable if it was total yards. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm just trying to be a uh, you know, the, the trying to create debate here. Um, but if, if we break, if he can break along one, he's been looking way more healthier. Like he looks like this. Oh yes. So he has a chance and we know how he can make people miss. So, uh, if he makes a safety of two miss, I think, I think we, I think he gets over it. And Jimmy, you know, brought us, brought it up on the recap of the UTSA game, but school, I mean, he is on fire lately. Like you really can tell that he is playing the best ball this season so far up to this point you know so school has definitely gotten to the school of old and kind of what we expected heading into the 2023 season um but jimmy what are your thoughts do you think he goes over or under i'm gonna be a homer on this pick and say i think he goes over he's just been looking so good let's I mean, go it's gonna come down it's gonna come down to um quantity you know how many carries are gonna get the last yeah. two games he's averaging uh you know well over five yards a carry and so, you know, you can do the math there. I'm not a math whiz, but he's got to get a fair amount of carries. Um, this a robbery game, huge game. Uh, I'm putting the ball in Skull's hands as many times as possible. And let's say over. And I thought, too, you know, speaking of running backs before we get into score predictions, I thought BB was close to breaking a couple of those runs against UTSA. Like if he can just shed a one or two tackles. Mm-hmm. And he was super close. And, you know, we saw it, too, in the South Florida film. I know that one one big run that he had got called back from a holding call. But yeah. you can see – and I know it sucks that Isaiah Jacobs is out for the year, um, but we're going to need um, some Lee Beebe action, too. So we'll we'll see. All right, and I, I guess I'll go ahead and start us off score predictions. You know, I'm going to be the Debbie Downer again. Um, I've got Memphis winning 42-28. to 28, So I hope I'm wrong. Darian, you want to – Give us your prediction. I'm still thinking on it. Uh, I'm trying, right, Jim, trying to get it together. We can go to Jimmy. Jimmy, what you think? John, stop being Debbie Downer. Is it raining at the beach? Is that what's It is going cold on at the beach. It was 49 <laughs> degrees this morning, dude. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm just trying to <laughs> – you got UAB losing to UTSA, man. You've got 49 degrees, wind 30 miles per hour or whatever. Like, it's just – come on now. Give me a break. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Uh, I think our listeners are used to me picking a loss. Last week, I did no research, and I just said, screw it. Let's freaking go. Let's pick UAB to win. Um, just looking at, I talked about earlier, I think, it, I think it could be a bad matchup. And that Memphis defense is just pretty impressive, that number of 23 points per game. And, you know, last week in the red zone, we weren't very successful. We had those two field goals versus touchdowns. And, you know, I think that this could be another game in which UAB will put up a lot of yardage. It's going to come down, in my opinion, we talked about some other keys earlier about those red zone opportunities, how we fare in the red zone. Uh, ultimately, I have UAB losing 23 to 31. So not nearly as high scoring as John um, is predicting, but uh, I think it'll be pretty close. But I do see Memphis uh, winning by a game. I think our guys would be juiced. We got something to prove. We just got pushed around by UT. I think if the human emotion element come into this, I think we win. 
on a walk-off field goal from 34 yards from Matt Quinn. Ooh, we win. 34, Matty Ice, yeah. 34-31, UAB, let's go. Let's go, yeah. baby. Yeah, I'm feeling it, man. Hey, hey, and before we wrap, so this episode is dropping Wednesday morning, October the 18th. So October 17th is a special day for this podcast for two reasons. Well, I hope my wife don't listen because the first reason I'm going to say it's Darian Smith's birthday. <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's and, go, the se- baby. and the second reason is it is uh, my wife and I's anniversary. So we will be married eight years now. Wow. Um, so, yes. Hey, thanks, man. Thank and happy you. birthday to you, man. Hey, so we've got too many good things going on this week. So I'm going to declare Darian will be right on his score prediction this Saturday. Yes. So on a walk off field goal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, baby. Let's go. Hey, Jimmy, send us out. Hey, Blazer Nation, just blaze.